On a suffocatingly hot July day in Indiana, in the year 1936, a procession of 8,000 people filed past the caskets of eight murder victims. They were curious to look upon the mutilated remains of a blacksmith, his young wife, and their six children. This procession lasted until 1 a.m. Prayers were said over the bodies and candles were lit. Hi, Curious Listener. Welcome back to Corn Fed Killer. Or if this is your first time listening, welcome to Corn Fed Killer. The case I have for you today is the brutal murder of 32-year-old Maria Gonzalez, her six children, Juana, Elena, Gennaro, Celestino Jr., Philip, or Philippe, and Jose. So before we begin with the case, let's just go back to the introduction where I had mentioned that a procession of 8,000 people filed past just to get a glimpse of mutilated remains of a young woman, a blacksmith, and children, six children. It's astonishing to me that people would travel to view dead bodies and dead bodies you're going to discover that were horrifically murdered. We're not talking about, you know, a peaceful death at all. We're talking about brutal. You know, people amaze me. They amaze me. It's like, you know, the looky-loos who hang out of the car window when they go by an accident or something, you know. We always want to know. We always want to see. But it's interesting. I mean, this took place in Lake County, Indiana in 1936. You know, um, it was a somewhat, you know, bustling area because of the mill, but still, you know, a small-ish town. Interesting that that many people showed up to see this, which, you know, turned out to be a spectacle it's odd. It's it's just odd to me. It's, it's very macabre. <laughs> All right. So on the evening of July 10th, 1936, 36-year-old Celestino Gonzalez waited up until his wife, Maria, and his six children were sound asleep in their beds. And then Celestino went on a killing rampage. He started in the bedroom of his two daughters, Juana and Elena. And I will also mention that her name may have been Helen. It's interesting because in the a couple very you know couple sources she was referred to as Helen. Most of them I saw Elena, so I'm not really sure which is the correct name. So I wanted to, you know, out of respect give both names here. Um, it's, you know, this was quite a while ago in 1936. And so there's not a whole lot 
that I can do to confirm, but that's what we have. So Elena or Helen. So Juana and Elena or Helen, 16 and 15 years old, respectively. He hacked his two daughters to death with an axe. Police would find evidence later that the girls had fought hard against their father and had tried to stop the killing to no avail. The scene was blood-soaked and gruesome. Seven-year-old Jose heard the commotion and he ran into his parents' bedroom seeking comfort from his mother. Celestino entered the bedroom wielding the axe and coming for Maria. She ran into the kitchen. He caught up with her. Celestino swung the axe and after three hard blows to the head, his wife Maria slumped to her death. Celestino went back into the bedroom that he had shared with his wife and found little seven-year-old Jose, who was trying to hide from his father. Celestino hacked his little boy to death. Then he went into the room where his three remaining sons were killed, or I'm sorry, where his three remaining sons were, and he killed them in the same way, blindly and savagely hacking at them until he was certain that they were dead. What in the world would cause a man to viciously murder his wife and his own children? Well, police speculated that the cause could have been the sweltering heat combined with poor health you see, it had been over 100 degrees for several, several days that July. And heat has been known to do odd things to people. But <laughs> really? Could the heat really have made a man so crazed that he annihilated his entire family with an axe? And what about poor health? Where did this poor health idea come from? He certainly didn't seem to be in poor health. He worked as a blacksmith. And I would imagine that it takes a lot of strength and stamina to wield a heavy axe and swing it over your head several times hard enough to hack into human bodies. So then what was it? Why did he do it? Think on that a bit, curious listener, while I tell you what he did next. Celestino Gonzalez washed the blood off his face and hands, and then he sat among his murdered wife and children and waited for the sun to come up. Then he picked up a gun and he drove to Indiana Harbor Steel, where he worked as a blacksmith. According to employee Don Allen, quote, Gonzalez walked into the locker room with a revolver in his hand. 
he rushed up to Arrow or Arrow and fired four bullets into his head. Then he ran to the door, placed the revolver against his own head, and fired. So who was this Harrow, or Arrow, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that, and why would Gonzalez want to shoot him? Jose Harrow was a blacksmith's assistant at Indiana Harbor Steel, and he worked alongside Celestino. Not only that, Jose had recently separated from his wife and was renting a room in the Gonzalez's home. So obviously the two knew each other, and you could say they were close. Well, as it would turn out, things were a little too close for Celestino's comfort. You see, Celestino had discovered romantic letters exchanged between his wife and Jose Harrow. In the letters, it was clear that Jose and Maria had been having a sexual relationship, and it would seem that they had strong feelings for each other. As Harrow promised that he would stop drinking for Maria and be the man that she needed. Most disturbing, well, to me anyway, was the mention of the couple's 12-year-old son, Gennaro. It seems that Jose Haro and Maria Gonzalez were using her son as a go-between. Gennaro carried the letters back and forth between his mother and Jose. I'm sure this fact really pissed Celestino off as well. So, there you have it. It's clear that the motive was indeed jealousy and revenge. Maybe the heat added to that a little bit. When it's too hot, it does make you feel kind of crazy. And maybe he was sick, maybe he wasn't. It doesn't really seem to me to have any bearing on this. Okay, so he was jealous and he was pissed. He wanted revenge, right? Okay, but why kill the children? They are innocent in all of this. Celestino's own words can shed light on his reasoning and his state of mind at the time of the murders. Quote, with pain in my heart, I give death to all of my sons. I had planned to leave them with life, leaving, killing only the faulty ones. But I thought of the shame, the dishonor that the mother would leave, and also the crime I have committed. End quote. So basically, in Celestino's mind, he thinks it better that his children die than have to live with the shame of having an adulteress for a mother and a murderer for a father. Gonzalez continues, quote, But the deception that I have received is very great. I could not tolerate it. I, who used to feel so proud of my wife, worthy of all of my confidences, end quote. 
So this statement hits a little different for me because it, you know, it does make it starkly clear that he, uh, Celestino, was full of rage and disdain for his wife. And, you know, he had been made a fool of and he could not live with it. He had once been proud of her and proud to call her his wife, and he didn't have those feelings any longer. You know, but when I say it hits different to me, it, it almost seems like he's trying to justify his actions. Let's continue on. Gonzalez goes on to say, quote, I have found the reality in two or three months because I was suspicious. I want to kill the guilty one, and I will look for him all over. I don't know what I'm writing. My head is all confused, end quote. E. So he's, of course, talking about Jose, and he definitely seems to be losing it. Definitely. Um, he says, my head is all confused. And, uh, I mean, I guess you can understand why it might be. Okay. So Celestino continues addressing the people in his life. Quote, I want all of my intimate friends to forgive me for the great dishonor I have brought them. But I can't hold myself. Every one of them will go to their tomb. End quote. I'm sorry, Celestino. That seems like a very big ask. I don't think a man who murders not just another man, not just his own wife, but especially a man who viciously murders innocent children does not deserve to be forgiven. But, you know, that's just me. And, you know, clearly, at this point, he knows he's going to murder his children. That doesn't give him a moment's pause. That doesn't make him think, huh, they're my children. They're innocent. Because he says all of them, every one of them will go to their tomb. Gross. Okay. So it's real telling too, because it shows us clearly his state of mind. Celestino wants to be forgiven for bringing dishonor to his friends. So he feels nothing. He's not sorry. He feels no remorse for savagely axing his family to death. He doesn't want to be forgiven for that. Because why? Because he thinks he is justified in it. He says, I can't hold myself. He just wants to be forgiven for bringing shame to them, for the disgrace that they'll feel having a murderer for a friend, having a friend who was an adulteress. To that I say, get fucked, Celestino. <laughs> Celestino continues, quote, proud I felt in this country because never have I given the authorities trouble, but all my life I have been a fine man. But all has been lost for a wife who has been unfaithful. I can't tolerate it. End quote. So this 
you know, kind of piggybacks onto what we're already starting to see, starting to show forth in his letters. It gives us the insight into his state of mind. He's actually now fully trying to blame the victim. It's Maria's fault for being unfaithful. She caused her own murder, and she caused the murder of the children. He says, hey, I can't help it. I can't tolerate that. I can't have that. It's her. Come on. Come on, Celestino. You could have just divorced her. You're in America. We have divorce here, right? And he had to have known that. Again, yes, and maybe not again. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the climate was very different then. This is 1936, Indiana. So, yeah, you know, man of the house, that kind of thing. But come on, you know, there's always a better way. There's always a better way than murder, <laughs> right? Okay, so to finish the letter, he says this, quote, And to finish the letter, which will surprise my wife when reading it, it is Jose Harrow who is responsible for this tragedy and who I believe will not escape from me, end quote. Huh? This part is uh, interesting because he mentions that his wife will be surprised when she reads it. How can she read it? You killed her. And in this letter, he puts all the blame on Jose, not his wife, which he had seemingly placed all the blame or most of the blame before. So this suggests that maybe he originally had only planned on murdering Jose and then killing himself. And maybe he wrote the letter before he had decided that he was going to kill everyone. Um, and there was a theory that I had read in some of the articles, some of the source materials about this, that he had planned on the two murders and then, you know, I'm sorry, the murder and suicide and then change his mind or whatever. Eh, either way, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter what the plan was. He did, in fact, annihilate his entire family. His entire family. There's that word again, annihilate. Annihilate as I'm sure you know, means to wipe out completely, to eradicate, to get rid of. The term for someone who murders their family is family annihilator. This is not a term that was used, though, before Celestino murdered his whole family and wouldn't be, you know, for many years later, decades later. It wouldn't be before that term was coined and commonly used by investigators and psychiatrists, psychologists. You know, because at that time, 1936, particularly Indiana, you know, um, familicide, where you kill your family, was unheard of, unspeakable, unthinkable. I mean, it's still unthinkable, but people do it. Um, 
then no. So, uh, if you're into true crime, which I assume you are, because, you know, why else would you be listening to a true crime pod? Um, you probably have heard that term, family annihilator, applied to such killers as Chris Watts and Scott Peterson. Unfortunately, it's a, dare I say, common term, or at least a term that we hear of a lot. Um, Family annihilators are interesting psychologically because they're not typically violent men, nor do they tend to have prior criminal records. And it's not like they came... Family annihilators tend not to have those things that people will point to in regards to serial killers, for example, like a traumatic brain injury or um, abuse in childhood. Family annihilators tend to come from good families. They tend to be working class or, or upper working class, tend to be men in their 30s and 40s, and people that you would not suspect, family men. And they do also, family annihilators, tend to commit suicide after murdering their families. Or, in some cases, they don't kill themselves. They usually end up confessing at some point. Celestino definitely fits that mold. He was 36, we know, and he did kill himself after annihilating his family. Most fascinating to me in regards to the psychology or the, you know, going inside the mind of a family annihilator is something that Arizona professor Neil Websdale discovered and says, he tells us that family annihilators all share one common trait, quote, a feeling that they have fallen short of societal ideals of manhood, end quote. Bingo. That fits Celestino Gonzalez to a T. He felt shamed and disgraced as a man because he had an unfaithful wife. What is more emasculating than having a wife who cheats on you with another man? And in this case, not just another man, but your apprentice in your own house, right? So, I don't know, guys. Toxic masculinity strikes again? I'll leave you with that thought. That concludes the case of family annihilator Celestino Gonzalez. Check us out on Instagram at cornfedkillerpodcast. Send us an email at cornfedkillerpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, curious listener. Bye.